Hi, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Make Work Happy podcast. Today, we're heading down to Practice Fusion headquarters in San Francisco, and we're going to talk to Jamie Rivera, who's the director of Practice Success down at Practice Fusion. And so what that means is really helping the practices to determine how they can best use the software. And her team, because of that, are really on the front lines. So we're going to talk a lot about what makes Practice Fusion software different, how it helps practices to be the most successful practices they can be, and a little bit of the future of her team and what it's like to work on her team. It's a really great conversation. I'm excited for you to hear it. So stay tuned for another great episode. Well, first, welcome. Thanks a lot yeah. you know, for talking with us. So if you could just say your name and your role and how long you've been here, it'd be a great place to start. Sure. So my name is Jamie Rivera. Um, I'm the director of our practice success team, which is really our implementation specialist team and our newer account management team. Um, and I've been here for almost a year and a half now. Oh, great. Yeah. And talk a little bit more about what that, that team <laughs> means. What, yeah. what does it do? Yeah. So um, we're, we're practice success. So really that name kind of sums it up, right? So we are everything sort of post-sales, if you will. So really from the time that they, we don't have a contract, right? We're a free platform. But from the time that the, the, the um, customer decides that they want to use Practice Fusion, they're ready to get started. Um, my teams, right? They kind of envelop all of that post-sales. So the implementation specialist team, they're really responsible for implementation and onboarding for all of our different users. So anywhere from the provider to the front office to the nurse, you name it, anyone within the practice, they're responsible for um, getting trained, making sure they understand the system, uh, walking them through sort of different levels of engagement. That's really what they're measured on is, you know, how can we drive utilization? How can we drive engagement um, through everybody in the practice? And then I have sort of a newer account management team is really going to be focused on the retention and then making sure that we have sort of those loyal customers through, you know, for, for years and years to come after they're done and with implementation. So, so you touch a few different points of the customer life cycle then that's yeah definitely so I mean and it's interesting too because I think um, with our team we get to do a really great combination of understanding the platform really understanding the, the industry so they're consultants to the physicians um, but they also there is a sales component right they have a sales quota, um, but it's more just on how do we drive engagement within the platform um, it's less about revenue at this point and more just about how do we drive adoption. Cool. Um, and so how did you get here? We can talk a little bit more about you. What's yeah. your background? Yeah, so I actually, um, I'm from San Diego. I actually moved up here a year and a half ago for for this job. Um, and I was with a company called Active Network. So st it was not in the health space at all. It was still kind of a healthcare company. We did all the registration for um, online registration for events. So kind of Eventbrite-esque, except we did it for the endurance space. So we worked with Ironman and so all the different half marathons and marathons. So I um, I was one of our managers. I led an account management team over there. Been with the company for eight years. So sort of started when they were really small, 75 people, all the way through when they were a public company and a couple thousand. And I was really looking for sort of going back to, to a smaller company again. I, I felt like I'd hit a point where I couldn't enact as much change um, because we were really large. We had just got purchased. Um, and so at that point, I was I was looking for something new. And then uh, one of my close friends and colleagues, Michael Wilson, had actually moved uh, to San Francisco and got got a job here. And within six months was like, hey, <laughs> you know, come, come check this out. So... For me, it was just kind of, um, I was really interested in the healthcare space. Plus, I felt it was a point where the teams were at a stage where I'd been there with my teams before, and I was excited to kind of build them out, sort of, I could kind of see the future of where we wanted to go. Um, my husband was actually working for a company that was remote in San Francisco, so it was kind of a 
an easy transition. Oh, it's really time. convenient. Yeah. I think in a, in a former life, I did a lot of 5Ks, and I think, uh, yeah. that, I, think I remember for a few of them. A few of them? I yeah, always hear that, like, active. we got your emails. <laughs> That's how everyone identifies, because they're, they're very good at emailing. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so what makes, so far, you've been here a little over a year, you said. Mm-hmm. What makes Practice Fusion as a whole unique, I think, relative to the other job? And then let's go into your team. Yeah. And, like, what makes the team unique? I think Practice Fusion, um, for me, I guess what's unique and, and sort of what's exciting is just all the different opportunities that we have within the healthcare space. Um, I think it is interesting. You know, I, I've been at different companies and, and culture is centric. I think here we really tend to, to walk the walk a lot it, it, in every decision that we make. And from the executive level to the sort of the other management level to the actual to the reps as well, I feel like everyone truly does think about the decisions that we're making and how that will impact healthcare for the better. To me, that's that's it's really meaningful because I think, you know, sometimes you say that that's what you're going to do, but revenue trumps any decision. I think we do a really good job of balancing. Obviously, we're a business and we have to, you know, we have certain milestones that we need to hit. But really, at the end of the day, it's what's going to be best for the provider and what's going to be best for how do we save them time? How do we how do we improve healthcare overall? And so to me, that's it's just I guess it's been refreshing to to sort of you know, when you interview, you hear that a company is very culture centric and then, you know. To some degrees, they are, yeah. 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 Um, but I feel like, you know, for the for the most part, everything, at least everything that I've been interacting with, all the different teams, like I've felt that from day can one. Can you tell me, like, dive one level deeper into yeah. that, and maybe if you can give an example from your team or talk a bit of how how, how does how do you I guess walk the walk? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of different levels, right? And I sort of have, um, and I've been lucky since I've been here. I've sort of progressed in my career as well. Um, I became a director probably six months ago. Um, so I think, you know, in my team specifically, I guess at the rep level, it's it's the decisions that they're making on a daily basis, right? So my team is really focused on driving utilization and onboarding practices. There's a goal that they need to hit. They could easily find ways around that to get a provider to do certain things to just be in hit hit a level of engagement, right? But there's no true meaning there and there's no true utilization that's actually going to make them understand the platform. So I feel like my reps on a daily basis, I've seen it. I've been in, you know, shadowing, you name it, like conversations, one-on-ones, pipeline. It's all about, yeah, I'm trying to get them to this number. I have a number to hit. I'm there. Trust me, everyone's, you know, motivated by that, but it's, do they understand the platform and you know am i training them in the right way and i've definitely seen them times where say look i could push them i'm not going to because it's not a good experience um and i think just the fact that you know i have a sales rep that is motivated by money and wants to hit their goal and is competitive at the end of the day they're always going to take a step back and say what's best for the customer. Um, and I think too, in the way that they interact with product, it's very much about they're the customer advocate. And so they're going to the product and saying, look, they need this. Um, this will help improve. This will help do this. Product has always sort of listened to that as well and said, okay, what are the decisions that we need to make that's going to be best for the customer? Um, so I guess I, I see it personally every day with my reps. And then I think from, from more of a a leadership level, I see it in the way that we make decisions on what partners we're going to go after next. Um, you know, what are some of the next big deals that we're going to be doing? Who are we teaming up with? It always comes down to, yes, this is going to be a revenue opportunity, but at the end of the day, look at the efficiencies that the, the provider is going to gain, or look at how this is going to change healthcare because it's something new and innovative that's not out in the market right now. And that's what's going to, you know, lower healthcare costs. That's going to make it more efficient for the providers. So I just think that on a leadership level, we always come back to, wait, hold off. Is this, what, how is this going to impact healthcare? How is this going to impact our customer base? And then on my team, I think it's, it's just understanding that like 
yes, there's a goal to hit, but I think the big, the biggest part of it is that they understand their impact on the company, right? So they know that we're the front of the funnel. We're bringing in new users and we're bringing in new practices. If we don't do that in the right way, then sort of you can't drive revenue in any other channel that we bring on um, because it's not a it's not a fully onboarded customer that's using our platform. So I think it goes back to yeah, it's the cult it's the culture. They they really at the end of the day they can go sell software anywhere. They can implement anybody anywhere. I think it's that they they feel that there is an impact on what they're doing to to the greater healthcare, but also within the company. They know that if if we do it right up front, then it's just going to lead to a million different things for the company down the line. Well, and maybe that transitions into you mentioned earlier that there's a new mantra. <laughs> yeah, I think what we, we, we did. And so, um, and just to explain it to you with our sales team, we kind of have two parts of the sales. So it's, it's more the account representative side. So the practice sales, and that's really focused on helping the customer, um, evaluate the platform, demo it, you show them how to use it and then get that commitment. And then my team is really focused on sort of that, that post sales, which is the implementation onboarding and also the retention, right. And all the utilization. Um, so what we did is we kind of figured that like at the end of the day, we're still one team, right? We, we depend very heavily on each other to meet our goals, um, and to work with the practices. So we need to find a, a way to sort of unify the team even more and say, we also went through a period where we were hiring. We're kind of growing our team. And we we're bringing a lot of people in and we're just saying like, what, what's, who are we looking for, right? Like who is our yeah. team? So we went through this exercise um, and actually we read one of the, uh, I forget what book it was, but we read a book and, and one of them, it was just like a manager book. And one of them said, you know, a really great way to kind of get your team in line and understand who you're hiring is to have sort of a mantra that everyone can get behind. So we interviewed um, a bunch of different reps. So we sat down, we interviewed them, and then we found out like just what's important to them. Then we kind of came across with different uh, words that we wanted to highlight based on different themes. And then we asked them, come up with a sentence, like what does this mean to you? And then we kind of took them and then we, we crafted it to make it. So the team actually doesn't know we're gonna roll it out. Uh, well, they know that they're involved in something, but we had t-shirts made. Uh, with the back that has our mantra just as a way to kind of you know at the end of the day like this is sort of everything they represent um, and I think for our team specifically it's who belongs on our team and this is just kind of excerpts from our mantra but it's you know it's somebody who's driven to exceed goals without sacrificing integrity and that's kind of what we talked about it's yes we want we want to hit our goals it's important but we have to do it in a way that's going to be best for the customer and for the business um, you know, somebody that really listens closely to the customers to understand their needs before providing the solution. So it's really easy to just sort of gloss over what a customer needs. We have to listen to them and do that discovery to figure out what's the problem we're even trying to solve from the get go. Um, it's somebody who understands the importance of their role and how it contributes to the success of the company. So I think understanding that what we do on every call, on every demo, on every training, um, it actually is setting the customer up to be a successful in the long run, to, to be retained, to, to use our different, you know, revenue sources as they come in. So it's understanding that like, we can't do any of these cool new projects if we don't have a growing user base. Um, and then also someone who's going to support the rest of the team. I, I think for me, that is the most unique thing that I've noticed with this team compared to my other teams that I've worked with is that they are, everyone is motivated, right? To, to hit their number. But at the end of the day, they care so much about how the team does. So they work as a team. They're, they are on hip chat. They're on IM. They're on emails. Like you name it. We have, you know, meetings twice a week as a team. Um, they hold their own objection management brainstorming sessions together like it, it all is about how do we support one another because they're all having the same conversations they're all dealing with the same product um running to the same challenges so the knowledge share that they do with each other is honestly beyond anything that i've seen um and i honestly think that's why we're successful is because they do this as a team 
they're competitive, but they're not competitive with each other. Yeah. Um, so it's it's someone who's going to support the rest of the team and then also who goes above and beyond in everything that we do. Um, I think one of the also great things about our team is that they work really hard, but they have a really good work-life balance. Um, so, you know, they, they work eight hours a day and they crush it while they're here and they have, you know, their calls that they're making and they're back to back to back, but then they can go home early. We come in early because we're, we're very East Coast heavy. So they come in pretty early. They're done by four-ish o'clock, right? So they have a lot of the time afterwards. So they really do get to have that, that great balance. Um, and they're also all friends, which is pretty unique too. I mean, you know, they don't always have to hang out outside of work, but while they're here, they enjoy each other. Um, we have quarterly team events which is awesome where we get together. It's sponsored by the company. We actually get a budget per, per team and we go do different activities. We played bubble soccer. We did um, like pizza making class, like we've done party bus, like just all sorts of different things that we do as a team. And it's because they really enjoy each other's company. I think they, they work really hard, but then they have that play hard aspect to them that again, it's just kind of unique to have a team like this. It's, it's again, it's kind of been a breath of fresh air since I've come here, um, just to see a team that like really does get along the way that they do and who wants to hang out with each other, you know, outside of work. And, um, I don't know, they're just, they're just all very like really smart, intelligent, motivated people. And I think they share a lot in common. So that's, that's probably why. It's also, I know when you, when you get a team that all starts to share the same traits, then those, it's just a snowball. It's harder for other people actually get it to get in, Yeah, which is, great you know or people self-eject yeah um it's so it's, it sounds like it's really starting to build that momentum within the team it is it is it's awesome and so and i think we've had kind of you know and there's been you know turnover on the team and a lot of people have gone internally to different um departments within the company some that have gone to marketing some that have gone to products some that have gone more down the sales route so it's it's kind of varies um but i think at the end of the day yeah the, the more we sort of have done this mantra too and we can sort of see like we know now who's going to be successful in this role um and i think it's it's also done, we've done things within our team to show growth, not just into different departments, but you can work with larger practices, right? Now we have more of an account management. So it's just kind of, we've aligned different teams that are gonna be a better growth fit because that was something we've been working on is just, what's the growth within our team, right? We're cultivating them, we have awesome people, we, we don't want them to just leave the team and go into another department. Um, sometimes that happens because they have different a different career path, but I think we've really been able to sort of build the the career growth within our teams, um, which I think has also kept them more you know, kept them motivated and and because there's there's a clear path for them to go now, which I think yeah. is is a huge you know win for retaining the employees too. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, to I'm going to jump back a little bit when you mentioned the word objection manage or yeah, phrase yeah. objection management. Yeah. Um, so just to to clarify for me yeah. and for other people. Basically, that means like when you're on the phone and you're trying to sell to someone, what are the questions they typically ask and how do you answer them, right? Exactly. And a lot of it, I think specifically for my team um, on the implementation side is that uh, a lot of what the ARs are doing with the practices is really kind of showing them the wow, right? Like, look how fantastic this platform is. It's free. Here's all these amazing things. When you get kind of to the implementation part, now you're talking how. And, and now with our practices and providers, that means changing workflow, right? So really adopting a brand new platform um, at the same time that they're still seeing patients. So they don't usually shut their doors they're still running a business and learning a completely new system so I think a lot of the objections that come in now is like how am I gonna have time to do this um, you know who who really in my staff is gonna be focused on this what's the impact to to my current patients you know like how am I gonna do all this so I think it's, it's really that objection management of look here's a plan like we have implementation plans you know I'm more the consultant here's the time frame like we got this kind of right like let me walk you through this it's also it's it's you know it's understanding a brand new platform not everybody understands technology or has used 
in the HR before. So, you know, I think it's making sure that we tailor our communication to whoever we're working with. Um, some really get it and some take a little bit longer. So tailoring our approach, making sure that the plan and the way that we teach them is very customizable. Also, some of the objections that come up is maybe just a particular piece of functionality, right? That they really want that we don't have or that's coming or that isn't the exact way that you know, their specialty uses it. So being able to find workarounds or kind of talk to the bigger picture of maybe we don't have this, but look at all these other things that are going to be a benefit to your practice. And so to dive one, one more yeah. level deeper into that, what are the, how does this change practices? You know, I mean, I can imagine I actually, yeah. in a, another former life, I worked in the medical device space. And so like, I kind of get yeah. medical generally and I can understand where, I mean, EHRs just need to be in yeah. more places and I could see that, but explain for others just, yeah. how does it change a whole practice? I think it, it also, it kind of varies on the practice, right? So sometimes you have practices that are completely on paper. So they are doing everything still in a paper chart. So I think the, the way it betters practices is one is efficiency. So it's going to save them time. They're not scanning in documents. They're not going through charts. They're literally pulling up a patient's chart. Everything that they've ever done is in one place. They can share it all real time. They can do it on their tablets, on their iPhone, right? So there's just a lot of different ways that they can access a chart at once instead of walking around and handing out paper, you know, paper files. Um, so I think there's an efficiency that's gained. There's also just a, a health um, betterment and patient care that comes with this. So we have things in the platform that are like, if you go and you do uh, your prescribing, let's say a medication, it'll tell you if based on some of their, their allergies, is there going to be a drug interaction, right? An allergy, allergy interaction, um, things that just when you're on paper, you're not going to catch. So the system is smart enough to kind of preemptively tell you, Hey, this could be an issue. We also have other things where we work with partners and, and based on sort of what, um, let's say you put in a diabetes as a diagnosis, it will actually alert you and say, hey, did you also take these screens? Did you take these steps? Are you doing this type of preventative care? So, you know, it's not just, we're, we're kind of assisting the, the doctors to be able to say, are you are you improving the health of the, the patient that you're working with, right? So it's kind of becoming more of just a a checks and balances for them too to kind of help them with that. So there's kind of on the, on the patient side, there's just a lot of things that we're doing to support the practice. Also, the more efficient they are, the more they can actually diagnose and code things correctly so they can get paid, right? I mean, a, a lot of it has to do with going back and forth with the payers um, and filing the claim. So if, if they can be on top of this and, and we make it easy with our, our codes that they can enter and I'm kind of simplifying everything, but you know, they can, they can go in and they can put in these codes that it's going to make them uh, make the payers and their claims go through easier. That means more money for them. Yeah. Not to mention there's a lot of just government incentive programs out there. Meaningful use is one of them um, where they're actually getting penalized now if they're not on an EHR and there's still opportunity to earn incentive as well by using it. So, I mean, it's a, you're not paying for our software. This yeah. is entirely free where this is, there's I mean thousands of dollars that people are investing. So one, we're saving them, the cost, but also we're helping them, you know, um, actually earn incentives and we're helping them not get penalized moving forward. And we're, we're providing that training and that like literally that custom onboarding that they're having to pay so much money for. We're doing this all literally for free without sacrificing the quality. And so I think that alone, just the cost that they're saving, the efficiency that they're gaining, and then just the a million things that are kind of coming down the pipe here, especially in the next year or so with different partnerships that are, that is going to even increase the value add even more for them to say, wow, like eligibility, all these other really cool things that are coming that I think will just, people would pay so much money for this that it's kind of cool that we can actually offer that for free. In this space, I mean, for those that, that don't know, I mean, the space is so like, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's kind of, I mean, I know, 
um, like you have to simplify like a lot of what we're saying because it gets really complex. Yeah. But when you dive into this, I mean, it's it's such a broken system that something like this is it's fabulous. I mean, it's beautiful. It's kind of going from something that's like the the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone <laughs> to like an actual like a good product. It's not just not broken. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's awesome. And I I think the probably the most exciting thing honestly for me at the company is looking forward and thinking, okay, this is where the platform is today. It's great, you know, obviously we can always improve, but when you look at some of the things that we're doing, just some of the the innovation that's going to happen, I think to me that's even more exciting is just like, here we're in EHR right now, but I think we're going to become this platform that is just so much more than that. Um, and so I think to me, I like seeing what's coming down the pipe because that, especially for my team, there's just so much more value and so much more things that they can sell to say, this is fantastic. And by the way, it's free, (laughs) but, but look at all these, you know, which is, which is, it's crazy to me still. So, you know, but I think, and and even if we do add, you know, a different channels that they, they can pay for at some point, I think at the end of the day, it will always be, how do we like limit the cost of the provider at all? You know, that is, that is the core of the the business is how do we not charge the provider? But I think it's just, there's just so much that we're going to be putting into this that it's, it's, I think sometimes people hear free and they think they're sacrificing a lot, right? They're sacrificing quality. I think they're going to be, we are doing things that EMRs that people are paying for can't, aren't even coming close to doing. And so it's like, that to me is just making my reps job even, even easier, right? To be able to say, look, look at what I can, look at what I can train you and Aubrey you and look at all these things that they're going to be excited to use. Um, and it's, it's going to make, the sale for my team um, just so much easier because there's just so much value that we're going to be adding. Cool. And so when someone comes in to interview, mm-hmm. what do you, what's the most impressive thing I suppose that someone can show? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So I always ask a couple core questions to the, to the same candidates. I think for me, it's, um, there's a confidence there. I think it's, it's being careful not to, to cross over and in, into arrogance. the cocky at yeah, the arrogance. Um, but there's a confidence there. I think, um, it's, it's always really impressive. We always get like really smart candidates that come in that really know it. Um, but I think kind of how are they going to see themselves in this role, right? Like how, how yes, they, they maybe have a background or, you know, they've done something similar, but how are they going to translate that into speaking with practices in a different industry? You know, I think you can kind of sell software anywhere, but what's the connection that you have? You have to be motivated and believe in the product that you're selling in order to really think to be successful. So are a lot of, no, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but are a lot of people maybe not from the healthcare? It's uh, inter- you know, we get, we get kind of a mix. Um, so some, I think, and I've, we have a couple that have come from a medical background that have been very successful. Um, there's also some that have, have a medical background, but just don't translate into the software as well. So I think it's, it doesn't, and to be honest, I've had people that have come from neither, right. That don't necessarily know software. Don't know, um, you know, the medical industry. I can teach that as long as I think they understand how to, how to troubleshoot, how to problem solve. They're very motivated. I think they need to be goal oriented. Um, you know, and cause I, again, I think we're working towards a goal, but they have to really care about the customer, um, and care about the relationship. So, you know, in sales too, it, it, this is an interesting sales role because it is not a full in your face, like upfront sale, right? It is more sort of, um, building that relationship. And so I really look for how can you build that relationship with the customer? You have to be motivated to, to get to know them. We're working with them for, you know, 60 days. So you, you're not just building a rapport. You're actually building a relationship with them at that point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I want somebody who's competitive, um, somebody who's going to work hard, but also somebody who is very self-aware, who can understand what their skills are, what their strengths are, um, communicate it because I <laughs> clearly it's, it's a communication. They're on the phones, um, and phones and email. It's literally all of our implementation is done remote via a uh, screen share. 
So there isn't really any in office. We have some. So I think they have to be really great communicators. Um, you know, and, and just, I don't know. I think there's, I think sometimes you just sort of know, but you know, one of the questions I always ask is what, what's the most difficult feedback you've gotten from a manager and how did you go to implement that? And I'm always surprised at how candid and honest um, people are, which, which I, I mean, I love. And I think you can tell pretty quickly if it's, it's fake or not. Um, and I think the ones that really can get it and, oh, this, this was tough for me to handle, but this is how I've changed it. Or this is how I've implemented it. I, I can get a lot from the person based on that. And so just the last question, yeah. um, is there anything, this is kind of a general question, is there anything we haven't talked about that you really feel like people will want to know or should know about your team and working on your team? Yeah, I think, um, I don't, you know, I think for my team specifically, like, it is a really good, good group. I think we've sort of, we've, we've done a lot of change on our team, to be honest. And I think that's part of being sort of a startup, if you will, right? We're still kind of in that startup mode um, is that change happens a lot. And so, you know, you have to be adaptable to that. We've already gone through a couple different reworks um, since I've been here, just really trying to refocus and specialize the roles even more. So I think we've actually gotten the team to an awesome spot where they are really focused on one part of the the sale and, and sort of the, the life cycle with the customer so they can get really good at it right? We, we know the tools, we know the collateral. Um, so I think the team, we have made so many improvements, but we still have so much to go. And I, and I think the team is so great at innovating. Like they don't wait for, Hey, I really need this tool. It's like, Hey, this is why, let me get on this. Let me start a project. They work together all the time. So I think that the team is more than just, I think the front lines with the customers, that's a big part of it, but they are actually developing the tools and the content that we're using to onboard all of our practices. And we've already kind of changed so much as I've been here that they're really sort of molding and shaping the way that we train our customers and, and it's it's on them. I mean, we have ideas, but really they're the ones on the phone with the customers. So I think that there's just a lot of responsibility, I guess, that comes with, with being on the team, but in a really good way. I think they get to enact a lot more change than maybe somebody who thought an implementation specialist is doing. Um, they're actually really influencing the customers and the, and the company a lot more. Thank you so much. It's great. It seems like your team has a lot of, like the future looks awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. So. We're definitely excited for them. Thank you for the time. Awesome. Appreciate it.